The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TraderCobb Crypto Show. I have with me today somebody who you're going to want to hear a lot more about. As the space moves into the STO realm, I've got a man here who has been around all sorts of different parts of financial markets and business. It's Matthew Patel, co-founder of TradeCloud, and thank you so much for your time this evening. Thanks for inviting me. Looking forward to sharing with you guys uh, our experiences at TradeCloud. Look, I'm really excited to hear about this because, it, look, honestly, what you guys are doing, is, is it's phenomenal. I'm really excited about companies, not just yours, but other companies in the same sort of position as what you're doing because I really see this as the next progression of the blockchain and cryptocurrency space. So I'm going to start, first of all, by hitting you up about, give us a little bit of information about your background, where you've been, what you've done, and why the hell you've decided to go into what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. So I'm a career commodity trader. Um, so we're talking physical commodities. So we're not talking about uh, paper being uh, around on computer screens. We're talking about 5,000 tons of copper literally moving from Chile to China and uh, booking freight vessels, that kind of thing, to, to actually do that, hedging, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I started out um, in a merchant bank in London. Uh, then I moved to Switzerland. You can tell from my accent, I'm an English guy, but I've now been in Switzerland for over 20 years. Wow. And, and I developed um, my career at uh, one of the major trading houses um, in the world. And I traded for over 10 years. And part of the way through that, uh, I got the responsibility of... Uh, uh, co-manager of the head office at an early age, only 30, um, and then moved to become the chief operating officer. So big trading companies need to take risks yeah. to, um, to make their money. The chief operating officer has to manage those risks and make sure they're transparent. So that's, uh, that's my life now. I met my business partner at, uh, at TradeCloud through the um, through the company, he was the um, CEO, CEO by the time that I left, and uh, and he phoned me up two and a half years ago, bemoaning the the state of communication in our industry. It's <laughs> quite a backwards industry, um, but people have moved from telex to fax to email. Now everyone gets five hundred emails. Nobody can find a thing, and uh, and a lot of people have moved on to just chat functions like WhatsApp and, um, and WeChat. The problem with that is if, if you tried to type a 25-clause uh, physical contract on WeChat, it's not going to work. So work. basically um, end up only getting part of, the, uh, part of the deal, and it brings a lot of uncertainty. So what we've built at TradeCloud is a communications platform dedicated purely to the commodities industry. We've started with refined metals and associated products. Uh, later this year, we move into the energy space. And next year, we have plans to move into the agricultural space as well. That's over $100 trillion of business per annum. So we're not talking um, a small opportunity in the digital space. So people can basically um, negotiate on our platform. They have inbuilt chats, which is compliant and monitorable, have KYC. 
And now we're looking to move forward into the post-trade execution where all communications we're going to capture on the blockchain and allow people to share one version of the truth and to build trust. So you're looking to do deliverables and futures? Um, we're purely handling the, the physical contract. So anybody that is um, buying a physical commodity and that wants to stay in business will hedge that. So okay. they will go typically to an LME broker or, uh, or something like that. And when they buy physically, they'll, they'll sell on the London Metal Exchange, et cetera, et cetera. That communication yeah. is basically done between the, the trading house, for example, and the broker. Um, but that can be facilitated over the Trade Cloud platform in the future guise of what we're planning to put together. So let's get some clarity around the reasons as to why. Look, I, I get why this would occur, but I've been a trader for 13 years. So do you want to fill in some of those blanks for some of the viewers and listeners that may not know why that's actually an important element? Well, if you look at the, the core reason we're doing this, it's, it's because there's an opportunity. As I say, these are huge marketplaces. It's probably the biggest untapped digital opportunity in the world today. Mm. Um, you're booking your hotel. How are you doing it? Are you phoning up 10 hotels to find which one's the best? No, you're going online. Um, you're buying your books online. My wife, instead of going into town in, in Lucerne, 20-minute bus ride away, she's buying her clothes in America online. And they get there the next day. And groceries too. They're, they're, when you talk about the wife thing, I mean, not to say that all women do this, and that I'm not going down that route at all, but we, like, my partner's very, very busy running her own business, and we haven't got time to go to the shops and buy groceries. Nowadays, you jump online. No, exactly, exactly. So the time is right to provide a proper solution. And I, I think where, where we're really strong is that, um, the four co-founders, we are experts in our industry. Um, where you're normally developing um, IT solutions within a, a trading company such as the one I was in, it would take years to produce what we produced in, mm. in nine months. You'd have so many stakeholders. Um, the important people that understood the business really intricately would only get involved towards the end, and then they'd say, oh, I don't like that, oh, I don't like that, and suddenly you've got to redo half of it. And it's, it's a very slow, cumbersome process, but we're a very agile company, and the, we know our business inside out. We're very much um, a company that seeks the, um, the advice and the, um, the input from our customers at a very early stage. So we're humble in that sense that we don't feel we know everything. But what it means is we have a very agile development and we can move extremely quickly. Yeah. And I, I think that's where trade cloud strength is gonna be when uh, we look to move into the commodities web and the, the blockchain um, side of things where other parties that are doing it, so there are bank consortiums, for example, that are doing that. Now, imagine, a bank that has XYZ numbers of stakeholders, okay, that have all got to agree. Yeah. And then you've got to meet with 
all the other banks or big players in that consortium and then agree again. So it, whilst there's a lot of money that can be uh, attached to that development, it is a difficult process. To Time manage. loss, opportunity cost. It's, uh, it's something that I wouldn't want to do. I, I like the fact that um, Simon and I can control completely what we're doing with our external development company, um, company called Volo Global in Armenia. They are so proactive. They work so many hours. They're a very, very young team, very keen, and they feel part of TradeCloud. And I think that's been part of our success as well. So, so it's an exciting space. Oh, there's, there's, look, there's no doubt about that at all. So what sort of clients are you going after with TradeCloud? Um, well, basically, we're looking at all sorts. So we, we're happy uh, to onboard the, the company with only five people. And we're, we're obviously um, onboarding the big multinationals, the, the Anglos of the world, um, that are really going to put a lot of volume into it. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, onboarding is a little bit different if you're speaking to the guy um, who's only got five people in his company, he's only got one stakeholder probably. Yeah. So that's a very quick process. If you're talking to a multinational company, you've got to go through various different layers of um, compliance and legal and commercial, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a process and it takes time. But once they're on and once they like it, the, the thought process is that all of their customers will follow onto the trade cloud platform yep. and that builds the community itself because we're all about building a community once we build a community we can do a lot of things with it it's very powerful no i couldn't agree more um so obviously with what trade cloud's doing you are dipping your toes in or going head first i'm not quite sure which one it is uh into the sto market now the sto market is security tokens obviously um it's i personally think it's the next wave uh, of the blockchain and cryptocurrency, crypto asset, I should say, space. And it brings a certain level of certainty because there's regulation around it. And the way you produce uh, an STO is very different to what an ICO was. And of course, we saw the ICO boom. And subsequently, we saw the ICO bust. And the only reason the bust occurred was, well, two things. There's hype and then there's rubbish. Uh, a lot of young people, not just young, young and old, uh, came out with a project, like a university project, a white paper, had a nice pretty video and a little polished website, and they raised $20 million. Now, this is not the reality of the world. And for those people during those periods, well done to them. As long as they had good treasury management, they're still alive now because, you know what, if you're runway to get to, uh, you know, making money, to revenue is five years and you've got $10 million you've raised and you don't manage your treasury to give you that runway plus a year. Well, then you don't deserve to be around. And I'm sorry for anyone out there who's lost money in these projects, but you know, smarten up. It's as simple as that. These are lessons that we can all learn. Why STOs and what's your involvement with them? Well, trade clouds conducting an STO. Um, we looked at different avenues and different possibilities to raise investment. We've been self-funded um, to date. Since 2016, through. right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we basically want to raise funds so that we can move quickly. Mm. Um, 
Now, development will be part of the cost. Marketing in our space and building communities, it's, it's an absolute must. So to stay at the front of the, of the development curve, we need to raise um, funds. So we're looking to do that through a security token offering. Now, you're absolutely right about the ICO space. And we, we actually began thinking along the lines of what about an ICO? Because an ICO is effectively a utility token where you can buy a token and exchange it for goods and services. For example, um, our token, you can um, buy it at a, dis at a discount and exchange it for internal currency on the Trade Cloud platform and then use it to, um, to pay for the goods and services on the platform. Okay, so that's, that's the typical ICO form. Now, you're absolutely right. A lot of ICOs in the past, um, young people, it was just an idea um, rather than actually a, a proven concept. Yeah. Um, and young people will be very intelligent, et cetera, et cetera. But I think where ICOs suffered is you can be visionary, but do you have the project management skills to actually bring your vision to reality? And I yes. think that's, that's a difficulty. And, and I think as well, it's, as you say, it's very easy to produce a nice glossy brochure or website, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes it harder for the investor to actually ascertain what is a good investment or not. Um, so we started off with an ICO concept in terms of a utility token, but we wanted to have our investors really benefiting from the success of TradeCloud. So we added a security function, um, which effectively is um, a profit share whilst you're holding the security token. So like, okay? a, like, a, like a yield? Yeah, effectively. It's, a, it's effectively a, a dividend without, without holding um, any equity in the company. Um, a certain percentage of the company will go to, um, will go to the token holders. Yep. Once, you, once you've exchanged it for um, in utility, then you cease to receive the, um, the profit share. Now, so we, we did that for commercial reasons to give the investor more of an upside. But then we obviously moved into what's called a security token. Now, we liked that for a number of reasons. Um, so Simon and I are based in Switzerland. So we chose Switzerland as a jurisdiction as the jurisdiction for doing the STO. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously uh, very well regulated, um, although it can be uh, difficult in places because it's, it's a new area in Switzerland, this security token offering. And so um, the rules, the laws are being made as we go. Uh, but the reason we chose the STO, so one, to provide the investor with more upside, and two, as you say, it is far more regulated, and we embrace that regulation, which is why we went to Switzerland and not somewhere like Malta or something like that. Um, but the STO setup, I mean, just, just for the listeners to understand, um, this is not a free ride for a company like TradeCloud. Um, I put together a list of the companies that we have to engage with for this STO prior to the podcast. 15 companies. 15 different companies. So, so, so to, to, to bring your concept to STO, to make it legitimate. It takes time. 15. It takes six months minimum. I'm so happy to hear that. 
Sorry? I'm so happy to hear that. Look, it's, it's good because it's a barrier. It's yeah, a real barrier. Exactly. Um, and it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely. It means that the, the, the charlatans can no longer operate because why would you spend so much money to be a charlatan? I mean, look, some will, let's be honest. Some, some will continue to push beyond and see the bigger vision and there will still be issues. But to have that barrier to entry for an STO, I, I find that really, really comforting. I really do. It's good for the people in the space. It's very, legitimacy. It's very refreshing. Um, mm. as, you, as you say, you've got to have a nice website, etc. So you need a marketing team. You need a nice web designer. Of which course. We use our like any uh, business. You need a graphic designer. We've picked up a wonderful video um, making company in London called The Theory. They are fantastic. Um, and they make all our videos that are available. Um, so these things are the things that the, the public will see on the social media, on yeah. the website, etc. But then behind that, the bigger costs come with legal. Oh. To make sure you have a very good legal structure. Um, in Switzerland, we have the regulatory body Finmar. So we had to produce a 30-page document for them. Um, and then they have obviously a lot of applications. They take months to basically decide whether your security token offering whether it comes from master whether, you, whether you're protecting the investor now yeah. if you've skimped, if you've skimped on legal if you've skimped on regulatory control if you've skimped on the structure you're at the back door you're not going to pass correct so that that as well i think um should give investors a lot of comfort now you you can see in my podcast i've got a fair amount of gray hair well, I like that. I like that. You know what? There's a term now, believe it or not, in the space, which is when it comes to advisors, founders and whatnot, it's the grey hair rule. Do they have grey hair? And what I've noticed throughout the, uh, the ICO collapse, I'll say, and, and the bear market, a lot more projects have had to sharpen up. If, there's still some great ICOs out there, don't get me wrong, but they need to be a really above average offering. There's no more hype anymore. It is real businesses offering real opportunities with real teams. And these teams tend to be taken more seriously when they have a background, a real case for letting the rubber hit the road because there's been so many in the past that have not. Now I've got a question for you. Okay. So 2016 trade cloud, you're in there, you're doing your thing, it's a couple of years on, three years on now. What's the five-year plan from where you are right now? So eight years in or seven, it'll be seven years in, but uh, something Five like years from now. <laughs> five years from now, okay. Um, so multi-commodity. So what markets? So metal, as I say, to, to start with. Yep. Um, but we'll move into energy. So you're looking at oil you're looking at gas, you're looking at coal. Um, and then agriculture, you're really looking at anything from all the grains to um, pigs, coffee, orange juice, anything. You, could, you can really run anything off our platform. Um, once we've, now we've built the foundations, you're really only changing negotiation screens. So that's the, the key is to basically um, market that properly. 
So as I say, with the big multinationals, you need time. You need to be able to demonstrate the platform, what it does. You need to show them that it's far more compliant than all that they have today. Um, so obviously build the, the commodity web where we're, um, where we're basically bringing in the freight companies, we're bringing in the forwarders, the notified parties, the banks, the insurance, the warehouses, anyone involved with basically putting this whole business of physical commodities and moving them around the world, wherever they're involved, getting them all connected. So the vision is to create huge communities. Whilst you, when you've got huge communities, you can really have a very powerful tool. Mm. And we basically will, that, so that's the, uh, I would say that is all something we're looking to put together in the next two years, I would say, in terms of development, because development's really not, um, uh, not the big part of this. The big part of it is the, is the marketing side of things. But so, Matthew, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but why? <clears throat> I, I, I've tried orange juice. I've tried pork bellies. I've tried all sorts of like live hog. I've tried so many products over my time. I'm a trader. I look at charts. I read the markets. As long as there's uh, volume, as long as there's liquidity, I'll trade it. That's what I've made a living doing over the last 13 years. Why is it better to use a service like TradeCloud than it is to use, say, the ICE Exchange or CME or any of these other program, you know, other data, data providing services? Now, I, I can get you know, 1,400 head of cattle delivered to my doorstep if I let my futures you know, expiry go over and don't do anything about it and confirm that transaction. So why does the STO make this more efficient and better for financial markets? Because the financial markets for these products, commodities, they already exist. How do you make it better? Well, the STO is, is purely a means of investment. So Correct. We talk, we talk trade cloud here. Um, we're different to paper markets, but not to confuse yeah, us. Yeah, they are mostly paper. paper. And paper markets will if you uh, will have delivery in only certain um, certain locations. So with TradeCloud, as with email, you can buy and sell anywhere in the world anything yep. you want at any time period, okay? Where TradeCloud really benefits the, um, the commodity space is efficient communication, efficient price discovery. So today, if you're a, a big multinational trading company, you've got 50 offices around the world, you've got a huge flow of information. Um, but picture you're a much smaller trader without this information. Now, how are you going to find what the right price in the market is? Mm. You're going to pick up the phone, you can make 20 phone calls. You're going to send 20 emails, yep. Or you could spend 30 seconds sending out your proposal on the TradeCloud platform and reach 250 people like that. Right. So it's, it's extremely efficient. Now, the other angle that I think people are slowly waking up to is security. Yeah. So we have spoken to customers. Who, so when you're, when you're moving a physical commodity, you're talking about millions of dollars on one shipment. Yep. Okay. And how today 
are you sending your invoice? You're sending your invoice by email. Yeah. And we've seen on numerous occasions these emails get intercepted, payment instructions get changed, payment gets made, but lo and behold, it's gone to someone in Timbuktu as opposed to yourself. Yeah. And then who's going to pay for that? Um, compliance, I would say the biggest problem today is for a big company, it's not whether it loses a couple of million dollars on a trade, which is extremely rare, or whether you make a hedge mistake, which is going to cost you a million dollars. It's reputation. Yes. It's some lone trader sitting in a far-flung office who basically thinks he's clever to get a Rolex watch or something like that, <laughs> or worse, or worse. This is the reputational problem. So today, if those communications are taking place on WeChat and WhatsApp, it's completely outside yeah. of your company. If you're doing it through Trade Cloud Chat, it's completely monitorable. If, you, if your compliance officer has typed in, I want to be flagged up whenever the word Rolex is mentioned, they'll see it immediately. Well, look, this is where I think a real unique selling point stands, Matthew. I mean, when it comes to commodities trade, I'm not saying traders, but just the trade itself. It's built upon relationships, reliability, and trust. That, that, yep. That's what it's built on. If you've been working with, you know, John Forthright, who has always put out the, the right amount of cattle or the right amount of grain or the right amount of whatever the product may be, or XYZ Mine, which is, you know, put the right amount of whatever. Now, they sell their futures forward. They sell their product. So futures are a, a, a product for them to hedge. The physical delivery, there's a trust barrier there. So I totally understand the unique selling point between bringing in participation that is not already there. So through Trade Cloud, you can bring in smaller players that might not have the level of trust and might not have the, the Rolodex or, or the ability to get to the big decision makers in the space. And it becomes not a monopoly, but a, you know, there are certainly, you know, everyone wants to make relationships with the right people. It's like a, music, like, like a musician. They want to get relationships to take them to the top so they can have the right meetings with the right people so they get the right distribution deals and therefore their career is started. Now, that, it doesn't differ when it comes to commodities markets. A farmer's a farmer has product to move. Now, usually they move in and they, and they work with their conglomerate. Now, what your platform allows, if I'm reading this right is for some of these small to medium sized operations to come in and use a smart contract through the use of the blockchain to be able to log their data, log their cattle, log their produce for sale in a way that people feel comfortable with because it's not built on relationships. It's built on the blockchain. It's trustless, right? The, there's a caveat to that. In that it's the post trade that goes onto blockchain. The initial um, initial negotiation is it doesn't really add anything to go onto the onto the blockchain, okay? But you're absolutely right in terms of trust. Blockchain technology builds trust. Yeah, it builds a one version of the truth. You can basically have third parties verify certain information, whether it's the quality of the goods, whether it's the quantity of the goods, whether it's um, whether the shipping containers were damaged. Um, yeah prior to you actually receiving them. Uh, it, it's very much the same as when you rent a car today in terms of uh, when you hire a shipping container. Yeah. Make sure that you've got a document 
um, you've documented where the damage was before, so you don't have to pay for it afterwards. Um, it's it's really for for everyone though, as we've we've talked about the smaller guys, um, and we've talked about building communities. Okay, now if I'm if I'm a company that's done a deal with uh, another guy for the last ten years, and I'm doing an annual contract, you may ask, well, why would I actually? Put that onto onto trade cloud because I don't need to. I'm going to sell this guy whatever. But if you don't put it on trade cloud, once we've built the commodity web, afterwards you won't have the benefits of the the post trade services and and the blockchain technology there. So whilst we are a very efficient tool today for price discovery and getting the best price in the market, so really adding commercial benefits to everyone on the platform, the, the goal is to have this commodity web behind so that even if you do negotiate the contract face-to-face, -face, which has to happen because relationships is, is not just about um, whether you trust the guy, it's whether you've broken bread with the guy, whether you've had dinner yeah. with the guy, et cetera, et cetera. Business one okay. But we want to be in a position where the guy says, okay, shake your hands, We've got the deal. I'm just going to now enter it into Trade Cloud. You just confirm it. We're done. And we have an app today that literally allows someone to walk into a stockyard, into a say a, a scrapyard, take a picture of the um, of the goods, negotiate the contract face by face to face, press a few buttons on the phone, and you walk off with a signed, electronically signed um, contract. Um, sent to both of your emails and on the platform, Done. you can go and have your cup of tea. Much better than having to go back in the night and write it all out on email and then tell your stakeholders in your company what you've done. Now, this man may have been in Switzerland for 20 years, but he still does everything over a cup of tea. Matthew, it's been fantastic listening to your take on what you're doing. Now, I want to ask you one more question. Where can people find out more information about what you are doing and TradeCloud? Absolutely. So we've got a lot of information on our website. So um, tradecloud.sg for Singapore, because we're a Singaporean company um, by birth. Um, there's, a, there's a link there through to the STO website uh, on the front page, which will give information on, on that side of things, or sto.tradecloud.sg. Um, and through there, you can contact us as well. We're very approachable. We're very, uh, uh, very happy to talk to people and just uh, explain what we're doing. We're trying to give something back to the um, to the industry that's been very good to us, and uh, we're enjoying the process. Well, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your views, opinions, and uh, I guess it's a topic that's I've not covered all that much. So I really do appreciate uh, opening my mind and the listener and viewer to what you guys are doing. It's, uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch what you guys get up to because the market, as you say, $100 trillion market is a huge market. Even to just get a small slice of that, you're going to be doing fantastically well. So ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Patel, co-founder of Trade Cloud. You know where to find him. Thank you so much for your time, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you, Matthew. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters.